The game Two Truths and a Lie is designed to make it difficult to discern the difference between the two. In life, it's often like this as well. The truth has been increasingly difficult to spot and the lies often masquerade as truth. How can we learn the difference between them and live in the truth instead of lies? Join us as we seek to journey towards living in the truth and spotting lies that can deceive us in our current sermon series, Two Truths and a Lie. Good? All right. Didn't even say anything that was already Holy Spirit. Um, well, welcome to Riverbend Community Church in our series, Two Truths and a Lie, which we started last week on our Easter service. All right. I'm good. I'm good. Um, and, and now, like, th- this week will kind of, like, send us off through the rest of the series and the idea of two truths and a lie is to help us navigate truth and also lies. And we live in a culture where we're told to believe multiple different things, and we're told that truth is what you make it and all these things. But we actually would say that we believe in truth, and we believe in the truth of God, and we believe in the truth of Jesus Christ. So that is going to be the main thing of this entire series and I do want to let you guys know, and we'll probably say this like, I don't know, every week, but at least throughout the series. Um, this series is coming from the book, Live No Lies. I did not get a slide. I apologize. But I got one better. I actually brought the book up. So um, this is the book, Live No Lies. I, I do not like to read at all. Like, the fact that I went through school is a miracle in itself. Um, but this is a great book. So if I'm telling you it's a great book, I promise. It's not a lie. It's a truth. So um, if you have any questions about this book, if you really like, just like, man, I love this series. Like, where did the inspiration for this come from? Except for scripture. But like, just the idea of us doing it, it would be through this. I'm not going to All right, I didn't mess the book up. So, um, but if you have any questions about that book, please let me and Pastor Joe know. We're, we'd highly recommend it. Um, but... I want us to start, you guys, if you've heard me teach before, I always start with a question. I'm going to attach a definition with our question today, and it's the definition of truth. The definition of truth is in accordance with fact or reality. And if you like to write notes or just take pictures on the screen, again, the definition of truth in accordance with fact or reality. So if we're looking at truth, it's the idea of that this is fitting into my reality or this is fitting into the facts. But we're connecting that strictly to who God is and the gospel. And how do we live in a world by being set in truth? And so that's the definition. But then with the question that I want us to ask through, through this sermon today is, do we believe there is truth? Do we believe there is truth? Because again, I've heard through many people, like, truth is what you make it. Or I, I have my own truth. And everyone else has their own truth. So we, this is an important question. Do we believe there is truth? That there is something that's concrete that tells us what is right and what is wrong? Do we believe in something that this is truth and this is where I find my direction? This is where I find where I should go in life. Even when everything around the world is telling me that's crazy. Do we believe that there is a truth, that there is a reality, that there are facts of life? And with this question, we're going to be reading through John 8, 12 through 30. And this is when Jesus is talking to a crowd of people and the Pharisees. So, and this is before, as 
Last week was Easter, and we celebrated Jesus' death and resurrection. This is before his death and resurrection, but he is telling them that it's coming, and they don't quite understand what he means. So let's like look at this. You can read along. Uh, you can follow the screen. Uh, you can read out loud if you'd like as we read through. Again, this is John 8, 12 through 30. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have light of life. The Pharisees challenged him, here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. And I know where I come, I can know where I came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I came from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it was written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You, you do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins and if you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? They asked. Just what has been telling you from the beginning. Jesus replied, I have so much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own but speak just as the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He who has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. Let's pray over his word today. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth. I thank you that last week we celebrated what you are speaking in these words to come. Thank you for your death for us. I thank you for your resurrection to rescue us ask as we look at these words, it will be you speaking and it will not be me. I ask that we will come just, just one step closer to you in this time. We pray this in your name. Amen. So we played this game last week. We're going to play again, how to play two truths and a lie. For those of you who are here, we're going to refresh the rules. Um, but I will ask, raise your hand. Have you ever played two truths and a lie? Just play two truths and a lie. Has it, does anyone never played or has no idea how the rules go? Just a few. Just a few. So this is how it is. One person has to give three statements about themselves for the rest of the group. The trick is all the statements won't be true. Only two statements are given should be true, and one should be a lie. After you finish, everyone should guess which statement they think was made up. Mine's tricky. I tricked Sam. I tricked her. Two truths and a lie, Travis Ross edition. Let's go through these. I once had my own video production company. 
I'm an identical twin. My father did a medical procedure on me when I was one week old. All right. Just holler out some. Which one's the truth? Which one's the lie? We heard, we got a two. One's a lie, two's a lie. What? Two's the lie? What else? One. Three. So you're stumped. As a group, you're stumped. All right. I am not an identical twin. I am a fraternal twin. Sam went straight to the twin. And she's like, that's, that's it. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm, a, I'm a fraternal twin. If you don't know what a fraternal twin is, it is, means that you, could, you don't look just alike. I have a twin sister. And so her name is Aubrey. Um, but we are twins. Yes, I did have my own video production company. I also failed at my having my own video production company. Um, my father did a medical procedure on me when I was one week old because the doctor was so overwhelmed because I was so small. He literally said, I, I, I cannot do it. And the nurse needed uh, a blood sample. So my dad shoved the doctor out of the way, grabbed the needle and said, do I poke him right there? And she said, yes. So, uh, my dad is not a doctor. He is a farmer by trade. So, <laughs> another miracle. <laughs> so, yes, we're in two truths and a lie. It's, it's pretty tricky, right, how, how truthful lies can be. Have you ever wondered, like, like, we're so certain on something that we should believe that, and we might even believe for a long time, and we come to realizing that that was not good. That was not healthy. That was not true for my life. We live in a world that is tricky. We live in a world where people are telling us all sorts of things. And adamantly, sometimes even aggressively. And we live in a world where we do need to have our feet grounded in what truth is. We clearly need morality. We clearly need to know what is right and what is wrong. I mean, there, I think everyone here would admit, even if like we might deba- debate on like opinions and like ways of life, but I do think everyone would agree there are some things that are clearly wrong that no one should do universally. But here at Riverbend Community Church, we would say that we find our direction and truth in that, in God's word, in who Jesus is, and that's where we find our direction. And at times, sometimes truth, other people will tell you is crazy. Like, I've been in ministry for 10 years, and there's been times where people have said, that's crazy. Like, I don't think that's a good idea to do. And I'm just like, I might not be, but it's where God's leading me, and it's his truth. So, and I think all of us have probably had something that we've done in our life that everyone else might have said was crazy, but you knew was right. But there's a lot of times that we've done something that everyone said was a good idea for us to do, and we realized it was wrong. The two truths and a lie. Let's jump back into the, this passage, and this is 12 through 15. Um, and, and yeah, so we're going to read this passage. We're going to see what God has for us. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. And Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I come from and where I'm going. 
but you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. So in this verse, Jesus is he's, he's talking to the religious leaders. And, and, and just a, a little background the Jewish religion at this time had been talking about the Messiah. They had been talking about the coming of the king, the king who is going to save our people. He is going to rescue us forever. So they've been talking about this for a long time. There's books in the, what we call the Old Testament, like Isaiah, that are, are, that are talking about the birth of a king. So Jesus is literally the person they've been waiting on for, for thousands of years. And, they, and they're still telling people that they need to be, you need to be aware. You need to be looking for the Messiah. And he's literally right in front of them. And he's talking to them, telling them the facts of life. But they are saying, your, your testimony is invalid. They're, they're wanting more information. They're wanting more to prove who he says he is. And this, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus who's, already performed miracles, already healed people. His, his knowledge of, of God and scriptures is, is, there's no one who's known as much as this at his age. And he's clearly a special person. But you have religious leaders who, either they don't want to give up their power, or they're actually com- more committed to legalism and rules than they are the actual salvation of the gospel there's just so much confusion and jesus is telling them i actually don't need to prove anything more to you you're just not going to get it you just don't get it because i i know where i'm coming from and you don't i know where i'm going and you don't now the difference between us going over this verse now and right and what they did then is like we just celebrated easter we just celebrated that jesus has lived and died for us so now we're looking back on it and seeing, okay, well, what does this mean for me now that this, all this has actually happened? And I want us to ask this question, do we trust the light or find false comfort in the darkness? Because the Pharisees were finding comfort in the position that they held. They were finding comfort in the rules that they followed. They were finding comfort in everything that was going to come instead of what was literally happening right now. So they would rather have stayed in their false comfort or comfortability than actually trust Jesus' light, trust Jesus' truth. And, and guys, we could, we could look through passages and I, we could underline with a highlighter, man, I'm going to highlight every time the Pharisees did something dumb or wrong and They're just so terrible. But how often are we asking ourselves this question? Do we trust the light or find false comfort in the darkness? How many of us are more comfortable with just to continue to do what we're doing, even when we know it's not healthy? Because I I can tell you that trusting Jesus is the right thing to do. We can talk about how it is actually better for our life, but I cannot say that it's easy. I cannot say, that, oh, yeah, you just become a Christian and just like, man, that Red Sea is going to part and like you're going to get the perfect job that pays you a ton of money and your kids are going to be well-behaved. Like by the Holy Spirit, they'll just believe and know what to do. Like, like, I don't know if you've seen my son. He runs around a lot, just running around. Hey, Johnny, stop. Don't. I mean, just 
while we were getting ready, I was like, no, buddy, don't, don't pull that out of the, the don't pull that out of the, the, the craft closet. Like, and he was just like, open, open. <laughs> like being a Christian following Christ is not always easy, but it is fulfilling. But I wouldn't call it comfortable. I would not say that every aspect of my life has been comfortable. Actually, at times it's like, you know what? You keep on doing what you're doing, Jesus. I'm going to hang out right here because it seems like a pretty sweet spot to hang out. How many times have, maybe we didn't think it like that, but that's how we were living. We were living, you just keep on going. Do we trust the light or find false comfort in the dark? And this verse is just going to continue off of that point. It says, but if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. And then they asked him, where is your Father? Why do you not know me? It says, you do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. Jesus is just continue to lay it on. If, if, you just, if you just would open your eyes and recognize who is talking to you, you would, he's actually saying, you would get everything you wanted. Like you just keep talking about God and honoring God and honoring God. But they were actually trying to honor rules and legalism. And again, some of them power. And he's, you just don't get it. Because if, if you've read through the Gospels, the people who were getting were the people who were truly desperate. Who, people who were rejected. Not everyone. We have like rich young rulers who came to Jesus and, and even Pharisees and tax collectors. Like people who were well off while were going. But people were desperate and they wanted change. But these Pharisees don't want change. They just want to keep on doing what they're doing. How similar is that to our life? How many of us want to just keep on doing what we're doing instead of actually following Jesus' truth? And, 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 or even asking, what, what is your truth, Lord? Like, how many of us are ready to say, I'm ready for you to tell me what your truth is instead of me constantly trying to figure it out? Because that, 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 that can be freeing, but it's freeing once we've done it. It's not freeing in the moment. It's actually very overwhelming. Like any time that you follow the Lord and you go all in, yes, it's freeing. But right before you go all in, you're like, this seems like a bad idea. <laughs> How many of us have went through that? How many of us need to do that for the first time? Again, I want us to ask this question again. Do we trust the light or do we find false comfort in the and then again, our main question is, do we, believe in tr- do we believe in this truth? Do we believe that there's actually a direction from God in our life or that we're just going through doing the best that we can? Do we believe in this truth? In this next verse, it says, he spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Now, guys, when we say that, that's literally what we talked about last week, Easter. Like, the hour is actually his crucifixion and then his resurrection to come. So, Jesus is right now protected. Like, they, they, they are, even those who are super frustrated, they want to take over, but, like, Jesus is protected at this point. 
It says, once more Jesus said to them, I'm going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world and I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you, they asked. So I want to break down this a little bit because here's the thing about what we believe about Jesus and Christianity. We believe that there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. There's, we can't do enough things. We can't get enough money. We can't have a checklist that says, well, if I do all 100 things in my life, I'll be good. That, that's just not what we believe. We believe the truth that is actually Jesus who rescues us. Because, and I know, and who has ever said the thing, well, I know I'm not perfect. Who's ever said I'm not perfect? Right? That, that's a truth. Like, I'm not perfect. And it's, and, and it's okay. I'm free to say that. I'm free to believe that because the truth is I'm not perfect, but Jesus is. When he says you cannot go where I'm going, he is talking about his death and his resurrection because we can't do that. We can't die for everybody and come back. That's something we literally can't do. But Jesus is saying, I'm going to a place that you can't go. But he's going to a place that we can't go so that he can come back and rescue us. The truth is, is he's doing all of this for us. He wants to rescue us, but he's trying to make sure that the people around him are understanding. You cannot follow these rules. I'm the only one that can do it. Like Jesus is saying, I'm the only one who can follow all these rules. I'm the only one who can rescue you from, from what you need to be rescued from. And people just are not understanding it. And he's explaining it and explaining it. But I love it that they ask, who are you? Because we have, and we still have these two types of people. But in this scripture in John, we have two people who are asking those questions. We have those who are recognizing this dude is different. This guy is healing people. This guy is walking on water. This guy is telling me what I've been waiting to hear my whole life. And you have the other guys who are saying, who are you? You ever, you ever hear that? Who even are you? Like, that is what the Pharisees are saying. Who are you to say this? Do we recognize Jesus as authority or as a stranger? Because let's be honest. I have an old house that's like, I have to fix up. A lot of you know Jack Nonamaker. He comes in here, and I know Jack Nonamaker. I know that Jack Nonamaker has all the tools to fix all the pipes in my house. He has everything he needs. So when Jack comes, I recognize him, and I recognize him as plumbing authority. But if just some person came in and said, hey, I'm, I'm here to fix the pipes, and I didn't know who they were, and I didn't even make a phone call, that's a stranger. And that door's getting locked. Like, it's getting locked, and I'm calling Jack and saying, Did, I didn't ask for your help, right? There's some weird guy here. <laughs> like, that's, what it, that's the difference between recognizing someone as a type of authority and recognizing a stranger. The problem here is, is that we have people who are recognizing Jesus as their authority and some who are recognizing Jesus 
as a stranger. It's important that Jesus is our authority because if he's our authority, we believe the truth he's telling us. We believe the truth he is telling us so that we can live our life following him. We can help others follow him. And we can just spread his good message, his light. But if he's a stranger, we don't listen to him. And it's kind of like, I think a lot of times we romanticize Jesus, but we treat him as a stranger. Like, and romanticize is basically like, man, yeah, like, Jesus really came through today. I found, like, a great coupon at the grocery store and saved 20 bucks. Or like, ah, man, I just witnessed something so special. But, like, those special things are not moving the rest of our life. They're They're not moving how we decide how to lead our family. They're not moving with how we decide to, to go through dating and through marriage. They don't dictate how we take jobs or how we treat others we're working with. Because if Jesus is our authority, he tells us all those things. He tells us how we are supposed to treat others. He tells us how to be good parents and good children. He tells us how to live in this world. But do we recognize Jesus' authority or as a stranger? This is an important question for, I mean, not just today, but just in our life. Do we recognize Jesus as authority or as a stranger? So it says, just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied, I have so much to say, judgment of you. But he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me, who has left me alone, for I always do what pleases him, even as he spoke, many believed. So the encouraging aspect of this passage is that some people have believed. Now we've seen countless questions by the Pharisees. And you'll continue to, if you, I encourage you to read through the, the rest of Gospel of John. You'll continue to see questions from the Pharisees, but they're, they're not honest questions. They're just, they're just questions with lie directed with them. But you'll also see people whose lives are changed and who are continuing to follow him. And here's the thing about this verse that I love, is that one, he says in verse 26, but he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I have heard from him, I will tell the world. But then he also says, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases to him. And then again, even as he spoke, many believed. So in this verse, because of where we are now in our lives, we actually can live much of this out. Because when Jesus resurrected and then came, we have what we call the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is when we say, I believe in Jesus and I want to follow him. But not only do we change our life, but we are receiving the equipment, the, the tools, the spirit that we can change people's lives as well. And when I say change people's lives, I don't mean that we're becoming something that we're not. We're not becoming some sort of God. We're just becoming Jesus's tools for this world. Because when we're living for him, we're able to spread his message. We're able to do his work. We're able to follow him and do things, even at times, be like, I don't know who said that, but that was good. (laughs) Because the Holy Spirit is working through us. 
I don't know how I was so patient, but man, that worked out better than me just flying off the handle and getting upset. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us these things. But here's, here's the question. Do we live as if we are one with Jesus? Because the only way that we can, we can do this, the only way that we can speak truth to others and, and live for Jesus is that if we are one with Jesus. Are we one with Jesus? Do we allow Jesus to run our life? Do we allow him to set the expectation of what is truth? Do we allow him to set the expectation of what our career might be? Do we allow him to set the expectation of what, uh, what type of mom or dad we're going to be? Do we allow him to set the expectation of, of how we deal with coworkers who are just incredibly difficult or kids who are incredibly difficult? All these things, are we allowing Jesus to set the truth and the expectation? Because if we live as if we are one with Jesus... And that means that we're constantly asking for help. Living one with Jesus is that I trust that the Father knows more than me. I trust that the Jesus can work in this with me. I trust that he can give me the expectation and the direction that I need. And it is very freeing once we do that. When you're just trying to decide between one job or another, when you're trying to decide where the direction of your life might be, when we say, you know what, I'm going to go where the Lord takes me. It's amazing when we humble ourselves which doors open and which doors close. And there are times that you can, you know, like some things, like you could take this job or that job, and God might be saying, either's fine, but just continue to follow in my direction and be the person you need to be. But do we live as if we are one with Jesus? And again, I would want us to ask, do we believe there's truth? Because I'm going to be honest, if we don't believe that there's truth, if we don't believe that Jesus is our truth, we're, honestly, we're wasting our time. We're just wasting our time. And I'm going to I don't want to waste my time. I know you don't want to waste your time. But following Jesus is essential to everything else in our life flowing. And I'm not saying that, oh, it, it, please don't take me saying this. When I say flowing, I don't mean like following Jesus means you're going to be rich or that you're not going to have problems. You're going to have problems. You, you might just have a however life you have now. <laughs> but Jesus will work in your life and give you the blessings of your life that are heavenly, that are bringing us closer to him, where we're seeing his great work and we're connecting all these cool things that he's doing in our life but then our neighbor's life, our co-worker's life, our kid's life, our parent's life, the person on the street's life, that person you can't stand, even their life. But we're only able to do these things if we can answer this question. Do we believe there's truth? And there's two ways, or there's multiple ways you could respond to this, but for some people here, responding to truth means that I did not know there was a truth that I needed. And that might be you today. You might say, I need this truth. I'm tired of living. I'm tired of living in the lie. I just want to live in the truth. And it's actually a really simple process. It's, it's a hard decision, but it's a simple process. The process is simply just saying, Jesus, I want you to run my life, and I want to live in your truth. You don't need to say anything special more than that. Jesus, I want you to run my life and I want to live in your truth. And you, if you say that, you pray that, you believe that, and that's the beginning step. Now, I said the process is easy, 
actually making that leap can be difficult. Again, sometimes the darkness is more comfortable than the light. But the light is so much more. But for others here, and I'm, I'm reminded of this myself, do I believe that there's truth in who God is, what he's doing in my life, in his direction, where I'm going to continue to be able to speak it out? That when those who are around me, am I going to be able to speak truth in their life? Because I believe truth in mine. Because we need to believe that Jesus' truth in our life is real and moving. And it doesn't change. When we look at Scripture, we don't believe that it changes. We simply believe what it says is true in our life. And so I ask that question, do we believe there's truth? I'm going to ask, like, during, we're going to have a, a response time. And during that response time, ask that question. Do we believe there's truth? Do we believe there's truth? And if you have any questions about this, please, like, come grab me. Come uh, grab Pastor Chris. I don't know if you know, Pastor Chris is hanging out, not on stage today. He's perfect to grab today. He loves it when I do that. But we would love to talk about what that means to you if you need any special prayers for that. Um, I'm going to pray, and we're going to have, um, one of our elders share about other ways to respond as well. Lord, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for your truth. I ask that you just, just speak, speak to us on this, and I ask that in my life, show me the truth of who you are, where you're taking, where you're taking me, where you're taking me in ministry, wherever, wherever that is. And I ask that you just be with our church, be with every person here, that we will see you as truth, and that we will believe your word, and then we will allow you to take us wherever you're taking us. We pray this in your name.